Welcome to another episode of Women Rise Up. You have the power to go from being a warrior woman to a warrior woman, and we're here to help you. I'm your host, Jacqueline Withers. Follow us on KingdomWomenRising.org. You can get more information about each episode and download a free ebook, The Kingdom Life, by the president of KWR. Peggy Grimes. You'll also find information to request a free bondage breaker session. I released this podcast very early this morning. Some of you may have already grabbed a drink before listening. Anyway, I want you to hold up an invisible cup and repeat after me. Jesus, I need a drink. That's the title of today's message. Chapter 2 in the Gospel of John records the first miracle or sign of Christ. It reads, On the third day there was a wedding. Now there's no mention of whose wedding they were attending. We don't know the bride's name or if she wore Prada or Vera Wang. We don't know the groom's name nor the parents. What was on the menu? What food did they serve their guests? What we do know is they had wine. In that area, weddings were a very public affair, as they still are in some countries. Entire neighborhoods were invited. When my brother got married in his wife's hometown in Cameroon, Africa, they had a makeshift tent in the front of the house and tables and chairs were spread out. Family, friends, and even strangers came from all over the area. They ate, drank, and danced in the street into the wee hours of the morning. I can imagine a scene like this in the scripture. The wedding feast traditionally lasted five to seven days. It doesn't say how long the feast had been going on when the wine ran out. Amos 9.13 prophesied, saying, The time is surely coming, says the Lord. The mountains shall drip sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. Was a sudden abundance of sweet wine at the wedding feast a sign? that the time surely coming was related to Jesus' coming? Give Jesus your garments of heaviness and put on the garment of praise, for Jesus has come. He has clothed us with the garments of salvation, covered us with the robe of his righteousness, and brought the best wine. Jesus, I need a drink. Jesus arrives with his newly found disciples in Cana of Galilee, about eight miles north of Nazareth. We know the master of the feast had provided some wine, and there are still debates on whether the wine was fermented or not. Let me just say this. Many scriptures speak about the evils of drunkenness. Proverbs 23 clearly warns of the dangers of overdrinking wine in verses 29 through 35. The Bible also tells us in Proverbs 31, verses 31 through 33, do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. At the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. One translation says, you'll stagger, get beat up and not feel it then wake up looking for another drink. If you've ever turned to any alcoholic drink to find joy or or, or resolve for your problems, you know that only made things worse. Alcoholic beverages never solved a problem. 
One theologian said that people drank wine regularly because clean water was scarce. Grapes don't need as much water to grow as other fruits. Israel was and is a wine-producing country. Then again, Psalm 104, verses 14 through 15 says, God brings forth food from the earth and wine that makes glad the heart of man. A glass of grape juice doesn't make me all that happy or glad. That's why I believe this wine was fermented, but not above what they were used to. Weddings were legal and religious ceremonies. Drunkenness wouldn't have been tolerated. To drink wine with a high alcoholic content during a week-long wedding feast would have encouraged drunkenness. You've been to weddings with an open bar, and you know what happens. Undoubtedly, these folks had alcohol but knew how to drink sociably. Ephesians 5.18 says, Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. When you are truly filled with the Spirit, someone may think you're drunk. Isn't that what happened on the day of Pentecost? Do you want a drink of what Jesus has to offer? That's the kind of drink you want to have a hangover from. Let the wine of Jesus' joy intoxicate you. When we've had prolonged periods of stress, that's how we run out or run short on the wine. Long periods of stress are too much for the normal person to handle, no matter how spiritual you may be. Preparing for a wedding is stressful too, but the pressure was fully on when the wine ran out. Thank God Jesus was there because he knows how to satisfy every need. Yet, he waited until he was asked. If you've lost the joy of salvation, ask Jesus for a drink. People die of thirst. That should not happen to you spiritually. We need a drink of what Jesus supplies to restore our souls, renew our strength, revive our spirits, and give us joy. We need to ask for this in prayer. If you drink what Jesus is serving, you will avoid overindulging in what the world offers. That stuff will cause you to lose everything you have if you aren't careful. When the master of ceremonies tasted the wine, he knew it wasn't what he had brought or paid for. In verse 9, he said to the bridegroom, apparently believing he had stashed a few gallons aside just in case, that he had saved the best for last. He couldn't have found that wine of this quality anywhere, and if he did, he surely could not have afforded to pay for it. The world and the devil can only offer the cheap stuff. Jesus wants us to have the best he has to offer. Fear not, you don't have to buy the wine. Jesus ultimately paid his life to provide it for us. But you do have to let him know that you've run out. You must ask for it. Then let him have his way. In verses 3 and 4 in John chapter 2, what was his response when his mother Mary told him that the wine had run out? Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? He wasn't being disrespectful, and she obviously didn't take it that way. Don't be so quickly offended. If the Lord does rebuke you, it's because he's trying to help you. This is very important for you to understand. God doesn't come to pity parties, but he does come to weddings. I read that C.S. Lewis surveyed his heart and found a zoo of lust, a bedlam of ambitions, a nursery of fears, and a harem of fondled hatreds. What's in your heart? 
Those things will cause you to dry up and become mean and unreasonable. If you've lost that loving feeling, confess and repent. Don't be so ashamed nor too proud to ask Jesus for a drink. The disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit at least three times. He wants to give you a drink of his wine so you'll be restored. Drink deep from the well of salvation. Give him your jars of tears from the lonely nights even when your mate did come home. Give him your water pots filled with fears of bills and taxes you can't afford to pay. Tears due to medical diagnoses you can't handle. Give him those children who refuse to obey. Give it all to Jesus and let him turn those pots filled with tears and fears into wine. Then you can rejoice in the God of our salvation. Isaiah said, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. Mary told the servants in verse 5, whatever he says to you, do it. Those who want from Christ must trust him. As with the two fish and five loaves, he didn't serve it, he provided. We must do our part. Ask through prayer and fasting if necessary for the Lord to fill your cup. When he gives, you have to take. I'll share a tip with you about fasting. Don't weigh yourself first. That's dieting. Whatever he says to you to do, do it. Jesus called for the servants to bring large cisterns, filled them with water, and turned them into wine. He always gives abundantly, not grudgingly. He is able to supply all your needs. When he does fill your cup, share it with others. David said in Psalm 51, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. People will see the difference in you and want the joy you have. When they ask why you're so happy, tell them, Jesus gave me a drink. The wine he gives will take away your whining and leave you with an intoxicating feeling. That's what the wine of joy should be like. Jesus, we need a drink. Richard Blanchard wrote a hymn titled, Fill My Cup, Lord. The words from the chorus are, Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole. Mazel tov. Mazel literally means a drip from above. Amos said the mountains will drip with sweet wine. When Jews say Mazel Tov, they're giving someone a blessing. God has blessed us. Let's rejoice and pray for the citizens of Israel to be blessed in the midst of the troubles they're going through right now. Women, rise up. The world needs you. Amen. This week, we'll continue our affirmation alphabets with the letter G. I'm using gifted from 1 Corinthians 1-7. That's all for this week. Hopefully, you'll tune in again next week for another message to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. God bless. <music>